Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rambling. I'm rambling. We're, we're, we're going to get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Loop Radio. I'm Rachel Kuntz. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world just how much you love us. And for all our new listeners out there, here on the Inner Loop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing, whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty Word document. (laughs) We play clips of local writers reading their work at our monthly reading series, and we invite a few of those writers to join our discussion. Indeed. And on today's show, well, first of all, let me say Happy New Year to all our listeners and to you, Courtney. Oh, and Happy New Year to you, Rachel. And to all of our (laughs) listeners out there. Courtney and I got off to a rough start this year. (laughs) We decided to actually take December off instead of using it as our planning month for the inner loop. Uh, So we've been scrambling, but I think we're finally getting caught up, don't you think? Yes, 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 we are, we are. (laughs) At least passably caught up. (laughs) It's going to be a great year. I feel really good about 2019. Yeah, me too. And, And I mean, for the inner loop in general but specifically for for the inner loop (laughs) (laughs) i'm there i'm there with you great um well with the new year many of us reflect on our lives around this time maybe we think about things we want to change or things we wish we did more maybe we want to try something new exactly i feel like at the beginning of every year i start listing all the things i want to add to my life such as working out it feels so good when you actually do it i think we talked about this before we have definitely talked about dental health before it's it's a theme on the other video (laughs) um and not to mention new writing projects that's right courtney got a little something coming up this year (laughs) well it's uh it's i don't know that it's new i'm trying to finish the thesis the thesis Another thesis. <laughs> All the theses. <laughs> All the theses. <laughs> These guys. Uh, I'm gonna nail them to a church door somewhere, right? Isn't that isn't that what one does with their theses? Yeah. Or was it treatises? I don't know. What did oh, Martin yeah, Luther do? Oh yeah, that's a treatise. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, no luck. Well, church doors maybe I'll you. start a new fad. <laughs> Listen up, everyone. Hear ye, hear ye. Animal brains. Okay. Um, I, I'm doing a 30-day yoga challenge. Oh, my God. I love it. I do, too. I also am doing, like, a, I'm doing a 13-week challenge. Of, of one of those, like, eat well things? No, things? it's oh. not an eat thing. It's a... Um, it's just my own goal to write nice. 200 words a day. I like it. Ending with, um, is it 10,000 words over 13 weeks? I don't do Which math, only comes down to 200 words a day. That's awesome. On the weekdays. It even. seems really manageable when you say it that exactly. way. Exactly. Yes. So as long as I do it every day, so I will So it's like have... a paragraph. Yeah. It's yeah. like a paragraph. Fucking easy, right? G- yeah. I, I got e- this. Expletives in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about <clears throat> all of our New Year's resolutions later. But on the show today, we want to talk about finishing a project. Because that's the hardest part. It's the hardest part. Yes. Instead of just adding more and more and more things to our creative plate, (laughs) (laughs) we need to focus on just focusing on one thing, focus, 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 and bring it to the finish line. I like this. Okay, so we have people on the show who are going to join us who just finished things and published them and God bless them, and they're going to tell us all their secrets. They know how to make the magic happen. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, Courtney and I are going to figure, try to figure it out on our own and see what we got. How to finish. Well, first of all, let's talk about what what's getting in the way of finishing, uh, starting, 
Or starting. <laughs> no, but starting I, I is getting in the way of finishing. Is <laughs> yes, <the thing>. yes, <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, I, I feel like you are one who likes to start a lot of things, right? This is true. This is true. <laughs> but I, I am, I'm very project oriented. Like it's so satisfying to, to get something off your plate. Oh my god, yes. And it's like you know we talk about the whole Marxian thing, you know, like you are your work, you are what you work. And, but it's, I feel that really strongly. I feel that in my bones, like it's like, I, I get just so energized when I complete something it's and you so can true. see the, the result, whether it's great, good, not great, whatever, when it's done, you're like, okay, Look what I did. I, at least I accomplished something. Yeah. The feeling it's so nice. And yet it's so elusive. Exactly. Why? <laughs> Why? So what's getting in the way? Well, I mean, there are practical matters, right? So we live lives. We mm. we have to... Um, so this. So this is part of what this, like, challenge is, yeah. by the way, this writing challenge that I'm doing. It's about scheduling your day. Yeah. So you don't get decision fatigue every day. Mm -hmm. You're like, what am I going to do next? I have a little bit of free time. You're actually, like, utilizing all your free time, but you still schedule relaxing time. Schedule in time to yeah, relax. to chill. <laughs> <laughs> this really suits my personality because I love schedules. On my calendar, a block. Relax. <laughs> relax during this Play time. with daughter. <laughs> Walk dog. Watch a movie. <laughs> but that, you know what, though? It sounds ridiculous, but I have started doing that also. Not necessarily just to like make sure I'm using time well but right. because it goes back to that like feeling of I did something yeah however menial it is I could check that off my list mm -hmm. and that propels me forward to do the next thing yeah totally and I, th I feel like I have val I have things that are important to me in my life yeah and right now they are not taking precedence mm -hmm. so how do I like make changes to to give them precedence in my life and writing is a big one it's such so easy to put writing on the back burner so easy so easy to be like i'll do that when i have time yep. and then of course you never have time right. quote unquote um i'll catch up with it tomorrow mm -hmm. tomorrow mm -hmm. tomorrow mm -hmm. <laughs> story of my life yes. <laughs> anybody yeah so i've been working on this memoir for right which is shameful. getting my good. head is in my hands literally <laughs> I've Dude. been working on it since 2010, 2012. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's what a memoir is, right? It's, it's <sighs> no, it, can, no it cannot be never ending, Courtney. <laughs> that's the whole freaking point. No, no, no. But uh, it's not like you've not made progress on no, it. No, I've been like a snail, like slugging along. But you're still... So my goal is to finish at least a rough draft this year i've okay. said this before even on this show but <laughs> i don't remember it didn't happen <laughs> exactly but then i had a baby so you know i got the one exception i could yeah the one that's your, your your baby card yeah my one baby card <laughs> i can't pull that card again nope. second baby nobody cares nobody they're cares like nah, nah, nah. You, nah. <laughs> so i'm finishing it this year and I'm going to have to figure out whatever the roadblocks are that's keeping me from finishing it. I think part of it is like the daily routine, like we've been Absolutely. talking about. And you know, those those visual cues are important right. to say, like even, I, and this is silly, like I think about dogs <laughs> every day. <laughs> Do you, Court? Every day. Do you think about dogs? A lot. <laughs> um, but I have to remind myself to dedicate that time with my dog yeah you know and Aww. like I love the shit out of him obviously and he's like ever present wherever I go but to actually spend quality time with right. him focus on him so I've started putting that in my calendar and it sounds and feels ridiculous but but then it's worthwhile exactly and you're focused you're not multitasking your right. mind's like not on a thousand things right totally and I think another thing that get, at least gets in my personal way is like the concept that it has to be great Oh, totally. Perfection, Perfection is, uh, yeah. It has to be perfect. <laughs> or this is like the only thing I really deeply care about in my life. I mean, other than people, of course, but <laughs> in terms of work that I do, like right. I do lots of different things for jobs and stuff and I enjoy it, but I don't sure. care. It's like, fulfilling in, in different bones. ways, but it's not that like heavy soul thing. I have to be good at writing. Okay. <laughs> Well, and it's, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but, uh, I've always considered myself a better critic. 
So I'm really... No, I've never felt that way about myself. No, no, I'm really good at identifying good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, trying to replicate it, I just get paralyzed. And not, like, not replicate, but, like, do it in my own way. Yeah, Yeah, but at that level. I know what's good. Right. And I, therefore, I have to be good. Exactly. I have to meet my own standards. And if I'm not going to, it's not worth it. Then it's not fucking worth putting a single word on this. (laughs) (laughs) Which, as we know, is such bullshit because you have to write through the mess to get to the goodness. And a lot of times, here's the other thing that gets my way is being the type A personality who loves schedules. I also want to know where something's going before I write it. And I want to know what is this gonna be and I it never works that way no none of my writing ever works that way like no Rachel you're not gonna know where this is going you just need to start writing you have to let it talk to you and it and it always it does. figures itself out yeah so you just have to have faith you just have to have a little bit of faith have a little faith <laughs> right yeah you gotta have faith mm-hmm. see two different face songs yeah but don't put mics in front of me like that <laughs> Oh man! Oh gosh! Okay, that's that's me and Courtney's two cents on the subject, <laughs> or like twenty twenty cents, <laughs> twenty five. Um, but up next, we Courtney and I, much to Courtney's chagrin, are going to do a little exercise. Yeah, she tells me these things like when I get here. That's I'm right. Like, it's an element of surprise. <laughs> Our show on finishing projects it's exercise time apparently it is <laughs> <laughs> not workout exercise writing exercise. oh right yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is always courtney's favorite part of the show <laughs> <laughs> right i mean like i get into it like i know you always love it I when do. it's done i do okay just like all writing there's yeah, that exactly. sense of dread and then you love it once you did it <laughs> well i don't know <laughs> um um, so we're going to do a modified version of an exquisite quartz. Which I do love. Which is, is actually Courtney's favorite. It is. So why don't you explain what exquisite quartz is for us? So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a game for a group of writers where each person writes one line of a story without knowing what comes before except for the previous sentence. They only get like the one the one line ahead and then they fold the paper over and the next person it's like a game someone explained it really well it's like a game of telephone right but with writing perfect description right yeah so it tests writers like improvisations yeah basically and it's just really fun to see where it at the end where it started and where it ended right and (laughs) speaking of endings so our modified version is um that i've actually asked our two upcoming guests nicole tong and caroline bach to write the beginnings of two stories for Courtney and I. Okay. <laughs> and Courtney and I have to write the endings. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. As All a right. way of finishing things. I like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You like that? On theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On theme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you have to finish things even if it hurts and it doesn't seem like it's making sense. you got to push through and write that effing ending. Stop making sense. Right. Don't You don't, you don't, you don't have to make sense. No, it's a, it's a uh, talking heads. music brain got turned on for a second (laughs) anyway in the meantime our listeners will um listen to a few clips of interloop readers reflecting on personal growth something i know we are all doing this time yeah very cool this one's called silver i want to start again i want to know where to start the training that i received was cryogenic sleep There are hundred-year blinks, thousand-year blinks, birds of air and fish of sea, separations of the waters. I cannot find the bottom. Land shifts beneath feet. Names slip between the planks. War. And after a river of black soldiers sterling diverted, while my family steeped in this place of divide, they reaped from red lines, covenants, and quotas, quietly laid language, this green money even, only a blanching agreement. 
Then the colored signs came down, but not without dogs, hoses, rope, dreams, blink. I was born in 1985 in the desert of early morning dark. There was no dawn that day, just a white crack where the other side of town met the night. Prisons arose all around our house. It was difficult to see color at that hour. But if we squinted, the people dragged in appeared to deserve it and blink. It is 2017. My eyes adjust. I test new alchemies of word, positions of the body, what seems leaden to unbottle us all, brief, bright strands discharged from the sky, my latest night bullet. I bend like this antenna. I speak. If you are finally over your spite, please, Lord, let there at long last be light. Let it linger. Um, I'm going to be reading a poem called Terrarium about a really weird class I took once. Terrarium. A burning circles me slowly. I do not breathe. Bronze baby beautiful of the gas lamps. I douse your glory out, hips tapped and twisted. Girls take terrarium classes, stuffed glass balls full of flora, fauna, dripping in furry tendrils down their furry legs. Girl fur, fear and fury at the tiny forest scenes we pans are plotting. We are planting fairies deep in the hygienic dirt, little zip-locked vacuum-sealed pockets of dry rock and driftwood, dangling alien artifacts plop into touchdown. Gorse is goosed, yarrow-tipped nicotine fingertip of the hot teacher tapping seashells into a native scene, and we follow suit. A herd of small world brewers in a backyard this Sunday, swarmed with the city smelling like sausage and soot, the staticky game playing strangled on the neighbor's radio, drama tumbles behind the fence. Covered in common stringy grass and joe pieweed, the tobacco rollers underfoot. Across the street, selling thick rolls of syrup leaves to smoke, toke of the future in a back pocket sealed with wax and a kiss. Cough. No one tells you when the class is done, but when it is, you close the lid and hang it up to dry. Sown and hewn, few and far between my seedlings have made space for the unpredictable growing. I just cut all my hair off and I was ready to partake in God and give myself to you, because I was a growing thing dancing like a twisted string blowing on the earth, and that's what people do. That was Benjamin Bresner reading Silver and Carolyn Supinka reading Terrarium. And now, Courtney and I have a couple of stories to read to you. Courtney, who wrote the beginning of your story? Well, uh, Caroline Bach wrote the beginning of my story, and it's pretty good. Oh, yeah? I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. Uh, should, I, should I go? Is this... Do it. Okay. Do it. Do right. it. Okay. 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 This is um, a, a flash fiction by Caroline Bach and Courtney Sexton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the beginning. It is called The Button. And I say button, so... (laughs) (laughs) The button was lost, or to be honest, torn off or ripped from the sweater. A hand-knitted sweater. A passed-down from generations sweater. A luxuriantly soft wool buttoned-down the front sweater that always smelled slightly of mothballs and lavender and early autumn. Five out of six of the buttons were still secure on that sweater, even after all these years. Those buttons were pearl, round as a quarter, but with one missing, honestly, with one missing, all you could do was focus on the threads, on how certain things in life can't be replaced. That button meant so much more because... Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Here comes Courtney. Here comes comes part two. (laughs) Alice hadn't picked up the sweater in years. It was only after her mother had passed... After the neighbors and distant family members came and went with casseroles packaged neatly in Pyrex, with reheat instructions written carefully on post-it notes, after she'd settled settled up the bill with the funeral home, after her husband finally let her alone for an afternoon, that she remembered the buttons, remembered how, as a child clinging tightly to her mother's chest, she could see her own blurred reflection in the effervescent pearl. And now, like her mother, the button that had held the sweater together at the neck was gone. Aww, oh my god! Sad. 
I feel like that was perfect for you. That sounded like your voice all the way through. Oh, sad. <laughs> okay. Well, that was actually really fun. Yeah. So, like, having a little more of the the meat of it to go on mm-hmm. m- makes a difference. Like, Exquisite Corpse is fun because it's like a, okay, let's pass this around. Right. But, like, you felt like you could really kind of dig in and you wanted to do the person before you justice you know because Caroline (laughs) set me up like so So well well, (laughs) and it's like um, I don't know it's kind of easier to finish someone else's work because you're not married to you're not as invested yeah so you can be like like, cool well yeah here this is what's gonna happen now (laughs) which is exactly what we were talking about earlier you just have to let it go let it go (laughs) no don't it's a musical day today (laughs) all right all right so nicole tong wrote the beginning of mine okay here we go i don't i didn't come up with a title I, I, will, I was given a title <laughs> Bananas Buttons and bananas Okay <clears throat> I like it Margaret had just finished Unloading the groceries From her ailing 1999 Dodge Caravan When the final item A cluster of seven or eight Nearly ripe bananas Went missing Margaret checked under the seats And found only crumbs of snacks Offered to her toddler Emma An orange rind Several nearly dead goldfish crackers And a few raisins Margaret called Kroger and asked for Sam, the clerk listed at the top of her receipt, after it showed she had been charged for the bananas after all. She found the the tune on the other end irritating and told her dog Boswell as much. When Sam confirmed the bananas were not left behind, Margaret was at a loss. Dot, dot, dot. All right. Emma babbled B-words and D-words as Margaret searched the, the back of the Dodge again. Ba ba ba. That's right, Emma. Where are the goddamned ba 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 bananas? <laughs> da da da. Damn. Emma blubbered. <laughs> oh shit, Margaret thought. Did I just say, did she just say damn? Now I'm teaching my baby to curse as well as losing bundles of fruit. Margaret was sick of seeing life through fog, swimming through hours, 10,000 feet below the ocean, unable to see clearly, barely able to achieve forward motion, barely feeling any sense of herself. How much longer would she be uh, barely functioning? (laughs) Ba, 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 Emma's voice snapped Margaret out of it. She saw her daughter pointing behind the back seat. There, the faintest color of yellow peeked through. Oh, so good! (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome! Oh, yeah! Also, I feel like you could relate. (laughs) Yes! You know, all the child. Notice I brought the toddler back in. Yes, (laughs) yep, uh huh. That's that's actually a really cool tool. I mean, because in a world, like we think about, and we've talked about animals and places functioning as characters, but non verbal mm-hmm. humans <laughs> I'm not saying this the right way <laughs> tiny, humans tiny humans who do not yet have words to express AKA things children. <laughs> can function in a really interesting way that I hadn't thought about before yeah they they can totally be a stand in yeah. for something yeah Absolutely. cool <laughs> cool <laughs> I learned something about writing today <laughs> Um, well, we have sort of already heard a little bit from our upcoming guests. Uh, next, we're, we'll hear their thoughts on how to actually finish a project. Let's gather. <laughs> gather. Um, you can gather in. Gather around, gather around for the second half. Started. We're gonna get started. We'll get started. We're officially getting started. I'm not teasing you this time. We've been exploring how to finish a project, and joining us on the show is Interloop veteran Nicole Tong. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Welcome. We're very excited to have Nicole. Uh, She published her poetry collection, How to Prove a Theory, in 2017, to great acclaim from the literary community, and won the 2017 Poetry Award from the Washington Writers Publishing House, and has pretty much been killing it ever since. It's been a lovely process. 
<laughs> so speaking of process, tell us a, a little bit about your process and maybe some of the hurdles that you've faced, um, especially in light of the subject today of finishing projects. Sure. I um, I started this about 10 years ago, and it was a much, um, it was a different book. And then in 2013, I had a difficult year, and I realized I wanted to write a book of elegies. And so um, I sort of, the project took a bit of a turn. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, I started um, looking at the project a little bit differently and I had some direction for it. And when I had enough poems to start submitting again, um, I did, uh, but the book was sort of a constant bridesmaid, like Mm -hmm. a constant finalist and, and wasn't peeking through to that final layer um, Hmm. to be selected. And so I decided I would apply for a sabbatical and um, take some time away and away from my house (laughs) and figure out what the book was really trying to do. And so through that process of leaving home, I think I was gone 48 days straight. Um, You know, I finished the book in November. and then the book was selected in February. So wow. the per- crazy. the first place I sent it called. Wow, and, um, that's so crazy. You know, I came back and Washington Writers had their deadline November 15, and it was November 14 when <laughs> I submitted. And by February 1, they called and said that it had been selected. And so I didn't really have a chance to, <laughs> to sort of see, um, you know. So what do you think about the process changed it? What, what about getting away for 48 days? Yeah, I think I think if you have any time away, even if it's three days away, you're going to get a better handle on what your project is trying to do um, than if you keep putting yourself in the way of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. by saying, I think I'm doing this and I'm just going to keep doing this. And so I feel like when I backed away from the project and I said, well, wait a minute, uh, maybe I think I want to do this, but maybe it's not working. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of hacked the book apart and rewrote an entire section and then figured out a new organization. Mm-hmm. And one of the tricks that I use is a trick that a professor taught me, which is just hang the poems around you. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I yeah. think I saw a Facebook or Instagram post of you, yeah. of like pages everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and, I, and I went to the Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, so they give you a studio. And so I hung up all my pages and what order I came with and the order I left with was very different Mm. and the title of the book was different and the charges were a little bit different but in seeing the book differently I sort of captured a new possibility for the book that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, The book was originally titled The Theory of Everything and then the movie came out. And so it's a really terrible thing to go to the movie theater and see a trailer for the book you're writing oh. and then go, Wait, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to change it anyway. I didn't know what it would become, but it sort of became a play on this um, saying everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. because it was a book of elegies and it's just sort of this pat thing that people say when everybody in your life dies in yes. a single year yeah. like oh that happened for a reason and or you're like no and you're like no, no there is yeah and so the mm-hmm. that play with reason and you know the noun of it but also the verb of it mm-hmm. um I knew I wanted to do something with logic and theories and hypotheses. It was sort of my language in another life when I was studying science and math pretty deeply. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right before I um, started studying poetry, I was pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor. So it's sort of um, going away helped me see that this was what I was trying to do. I was trying to grapple with death in these terms and with this language that I didn't know Mm. I was trying to use. And so all of the titles changed and the book really became this set of theories. Hmm. And then, you know, at the end, everyone says, but do you prove it? (laughs) (laughs) By the book. (laughs) It's a cliffhanger, ladies Um, and gentlemen. (laughs) But I think it did change a lot. The the project would have been very different if I wouldn't have gone to the Virginia Mm -hmm. Center for the Creative Arts and hung it around me and just had time to really 
track the images just every noun got a different color and every category of nouns and you know the process was extremely scientific and rigorous (laughs) and I didn't think it would be that way but having the time away to just sort of take a risk and go with something new I think brought the book to a much better place and more satisfying place for myself yeah that's amazing yeah I feel like it comes back to what we were talking about earlier Courtney of having to let go of like intention a little bit and allowing for like a little bit of faith a leap of faith like being able to improvise and allowing yourself the space to do that so hard when you're dedicated to an idea mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was the feeling of the book and why it was sort of a constant runner-up it was I wrote a precise book mm-hmm. that could have also done really well but then when I let go then it became something that I didn't intend for it to become and sometimes that resonates a bit more with the reader because I didn't know where I was going and that suspension of mm-hmm. disbelief has this impact in the reader that maybe they believe it more it becomes more honest or something like that Mm -hmm. well I think the sense that they're on the journey with you definitely comes across I've I've encountered works that way or or that have that sense before and it definitely genuine maybe the word or or you feel like you're participating in a different way and that's appealing to people I think a lot but um it's incredible, and I mean, definitely, you're speaking to the power of of just uprooting and being in another environment to do wonders, and I couldn't agree more. To get perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever have 46 days yeah. again, <laughs> so I don't want to discourage people from trying with a long weekend, sure. you know, like this weekend where you have a holiday and you can just sort of go to a hotel or, you know, check yourself in somewhere, get an Airbnb, go to a getaway and just get away from you know the place where you normally work Mm -hmm. you know new ideas are going to come to you you're going to see it differently in a new space yeah I definitely every time we go on a long weekend retreat I hammer out almost an entire like essay short story in that time and I feel like that same amount of time spread throughout like weeks months at home it's like eking it out it's like so painful to go Mm -hmm. in and come out and go in and come out but being able to go somewhere and immerse yourself Mm -hmm. um is is very powerful yeah the the hard part is you have to come back to reality Mm -hmm. and so I was editing you know from Pete's Coffee you know where I live and because the poems were so new then they still had this emotional impact on me and Mm -hmm. I was writing you know the book was selected in February and I had to write the acknowledgments and people just kept handing me napkins like this poor woman is really (laughs) grappling with something (laughs) but you know I just can't you know I just stopped working from my office I just see my office now as an organizational space Mm -hmm. instead of a a a space where I create mm-hmm. new ideas and new works just no longer works for yeah, me. Totally. Just like go outside, get outside, even, you know, writing on the go. If I'm running or doing a long hike, then just using the voice memo feature to sort of hash out some ideas rather than thinking about my office as the place where I'm the most generative because that's not the case anymore. Yeah, you got to change it up. So why don't we hear a few yeah. Sure, great. Thoughts Before Self-Portrait, after Alice Neal, daughter born, left Cuba, daughter died, recovered I, and kept going, doing little destroys all that's left, nobody owns oh, the shape, the sound, hollow in my mouth, a space that can't be, come anyone. Maternal theory. Following each low-wage paycheck, I buy one outfit for a baby I don't have. A girl I would call Lily. There are onesies, holiday shirts, sweaters smocked with the cutest animals in the kingdom. It's unlucky to want something so badly, scolds a friend who offers me charms for the superstitious and freshly roasted coffee to counter my practice. I give up running, 
try willing my once asthmatic body into womb. I store tiny clothes under the bed, sleep soundly on top of them as if whispering a wish into fruition. Years and years I wait for Lily to announce herself like the trumpet of her namesake. This is the last one. It's called Intimacy Theory. And um, I think a class of high schoolers was reading the book and one high school student wrote aptly, it's the only happy poem in the <laughs> So I'll end with a happy poem. Intimacy Theory. Because even in sex is theoretical in this collection. <laughs> in light of the river, the way it turns... First a gathering of ice, then snow, building a false start of the river's edge. Tell me what's empirical. Winter at my back, all season, snow turns to rain in my hair. Tell me how many times today my body has worked against itself. Thinking of you is something like breath. A slow release of time built up in my mouth. When there are no words, no idiom will do. Tie the knot. Tie one on. Cut ties. Tongue tied. You are anything but an obstruction. You are everything if not each moment before. O oh, transitivity. O oh, verb waiting to be beautiful I love the imagery it's amazing and I also love how you work with grief on these different levels mm -hmm. thank you folks for having me it's yeah. been a pleasure thanks That's for awesome. coming I know we're talking about finishing projects but are you working on anything new already I am I'm trying to write happier poems <laughs> <laughs> after reading the 16 year old's assessment of my book <laughs> Hey, listen, you know, we just read a lot of uh, teen poetry recently. Mm -hmm. um, it was very dark. Yeah, so <laughs> I shouldn't be judging. I remember in grad school, our, our professor, Vijay, walked in one day and was like, can't you people write about anything happy? <laughs> we're like, no, we're right. I'm trying. Now. I'm trying. But the times, the times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Nicole. thanks for being on the show, Nicole. Um, you can find Nicole's book, How to Prove a Theory in all the usual places online. Um, and you can find out more about her on our website, NicoleTong.com. And up next, we're going to hear from another Interloop alumna, Caroline Bach. back to continue our discussion on finishing projects with Interlooper and alumna of our summer residency program, Caroline Bach. Caroline's short story collection, Carry Her Home, was published in October 2018 and won the 2018 Fiction Award from the Washington Writers Publish House. Welcome, Caroline. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I feel like I'm one of the biggest fans of the inner loop between oh. <laughs> the residency and the readings and now the radio show. So thank you guys. Power player over here. We love yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> we want to know, since you, I mean, very recently just finished this project. Yes. Yeah, this was like three months ago that this book came out, right? This was published in October. Um, uh, carry her home. It's uh, my first collection of short stories. It's actually not my first book. I have two young adult novels oh. that were published uh, called Lie and Before My Eyes with St. Martin's Press. Cool. But this is the book closest to my heart. Nice. nice. And you read with us in November, right? At our, our season finale last year, right after it had come out. Yes. yes. Uh, actually, I think it was the second reading after politics and prose. <laughs> <laughs> well, so t how does it, well, first of all, how does it feel 
carrying through because you're not really finished like you've finished the writing but now the process extends itself yes um i think that the hard part the uh is still to come because the emotionally hard part is getting these stories down and for me it was really breaking with the novel form i was really stuck um thinking that i could only write novels And it, they weren't happening. They, after the first two young adult novels, I could not think of what to write next. And I was really stuck. And the way I got unstuck was to um, think back to when I was an undergrad at Syracuse and studied with people like Raymond Carver. And I know I'm name dropping Raymond Carver I studied yeah, with. No way. Okay, Tobias Wolf. Oh, wow. um, and I studied and we studied short stories. And But I hadn't written short stories in years. When I started um, writing in my 40s after um, a career in television, after I did that, um, 20-year stint in television, and I came back around to wanting to write. Um, I wrote novels. I got stuck after the second novel, as I was saying, and I turned and and thought to myself, what can I do to get unstuck? And I started writing short, and I realized there was a whole new world out there <laughs> called flash fiction. Wow, flash to me, um, that I could write really short. And that really opened up my writing, and the stories just started, um, I wouldn't say pouring out, but coming out really, um, uh, really quickly. Yeah, I I love that because I'm always trying to think of ways to get unstuck as somebody who's been working on the same project forever. Um, and I, I hit all these roadblocks and I'm like, how do I unstick myself? You know, and I love the idea of changing up like your genre or changing up the the you know, the the thing that you're the, you're putting the words into, the structure, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm right. looking for. You can just change the structure, give yourself a different setting to put your thoughts into. Yes. I, and, and in changing the structure, I started giving myself challenges. Could I write a story that's 50 words? Could I write a story that's 100 words? Could I write a story that's four paragraphs long? Mm-hmm. Um, could I write a story that includes buttons uh, in uh, every part of the story. Um, could I do this? And uh, it uh, one thing about writing short and writing short fiction over a novel, it's a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Once you finished, uh, you said earlier in the show that you're going to write 200 words. Um, you're going to feel great when you're finished with those 200 <laughs> words. And and that uh, setting those small goals became a big part of my writing these short stories Um, and then setting the goal to put them into a collection when I realized, wow, I had a lot of them and some of them had been published in literary magazines and then getting them together and actually sending it out to um, a few contests. Um, And I was thrilled when the Washington Writers Publishing House said, yes, we want to publish you. Um, That's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to know as someone who has used this daily goal um, strategy, um, how did you run into any days where you're like, I just can't or any several days where it was like really hard to get your goal that day? And if so, did you like have any, you know, things that helped you push yourself through? Yes. Yes. Every day. (laughs) Every day. Every day I was trying to stop myself from saying (laughs) that that old expression, you know, write drunk, edit sober. No, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, But things that I did was give myself these challenges. If I couldn't write 200, write 100. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's something called 100 story. Not only write it, send it out. Okay, that's a double check. Mm -hmm. Um, Send it to a friend uh, who's also a writer to critique. That's a check. Um, I like that. This like star system. Yes. (laughs) Give yourself bonus points. Um, uh, Revise something you've written the day before. Okay. That counts counts. as writing. (laughs) You know, um, 
uh, read something uh, that somebody else wrote that's out of your genre. If you're writing fiction, mm-hmm. write read poetry. If you're writing um, poetry, write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Okay, read it as a writer, though. Read it to steal words yeah. and write those words in a book. Oh, then you're writing. <laughs> I love this. So I'm like feeling very validated. Are you taking notes? Remember, I I started by saying this. I was stuck big time. But I think if you focus too much on being stuck, you stay that way. And you just can't. You can't as a writer. Because the worst thing as a writer um, is never to write. Is to say, well, I'm a writer. It's so true. To stop yourself, right? Yes. Well, and these, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit, but these little accomplice, like being, me, being able to make those check marks, yes. it perpetuates, you know, like it, it keeps you going. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Can, <laughs> can we hear some from yeah. this, from this, yes. this amazing book? Sure. Well, one thing that I, I, um, heard from Nicole was that all her, sex was theoretical in her wonderful (laughs) book of poetry well all of the sex in my book is not theoretical (laughs) and I'm going to read a piece of flash that was actually inspired by what I call my list of words the words I collect um, in case you need something to get you unstuck and um, here it is Tamarius marked by temerity, rashly, or presumptuously daring, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. (laughs) We live in the glass house across from the park. We have a temerious love. You want to live in a glass house with walls, but we've stayed together. Until one moonless night, we threatened to call in the lawyers your brother, my cousin, and make a pretense that we will be calm, temperate, mollified. Our story has no denouement, nothing after the climax, only the climax, physical (laughs) and metaphysical, though you argue what use are stories. Books are the first thing dictators destroy, Poets are the first murdered. Where else can we find truth? Not in books. I cannot live without books. They are piled about our bed. They are keyed in my devices as well as my heart. You turn on the cable news. Evenings of silence follow in our glass house. And then one day, before the dog walkers and senior striders occupy the park, early morning, wordless sex. (laughs) Sex for relief of our individual nightmares, for the stories we we won't tell one another, sex on bindings knocked to the floor, (laughs) on a novel by, on a short story, collection of on the complete works of poetry for (laughs) afterwards the air is swollen and fetid and unsustainable with what's between us until you ask how does this end rashly (laughs) presumptuously daring I think this is why I love you you want me to write our story So that was inspired by a word list that I keep. I get a word sent to me every day by Merriam Webster's dictionary. And Tamarius was on it. Mm, I love it. That's incredible. all of that can come from. I'm sorry. I'm just like, sorry. Yes, from yes. one word. Yes. <laughs> and then I thought I'd read my story about a button. Yes. I know I gave you the opening of a button. Yes. Um, and this story, um, the original story, was inspired by my writer's residency uh, with the inner loop awesome. at the oh. Woodlawn Pope Leahy House. These are the things we like to hear. <laughs> So I, when I was there in this wonderful historic house in Alexandria, um, I 
looked through the files and I found in the files a will from uh, George Washington's niece's husband who owned slaves right. and one of the slaves was named Button and I thought who was this slave named Button um, and I'm going to read um, a story about buttons but I'm not going to read that first one which is about the slave I'm not going to read the second one which is about a button uh, from George Washington that was found in a closet I'm going to read my personal story about a button okay and it's the third part it's it starts and this story is very true this is um, very close to my heart you can almost call it creative nonfiction Hey, Button. I have my own story about buttons. My dad's father, my grandfather, near the end of his life, after owning a chicken farm in New Jersey, after immigrating from Paris, and before that, Palestine, when it was a British mandate, and before that, his place of birth, Cherkos, in the Ukraine, owned a notions store on Nostrin Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. The store sold yards of cloth, spools of thread, sewing needles, and buttons. In the front, buttons were displayed in packets of six and twelve, and I was not permitted to touch those packets of buttons. <laughs> However, past the bolts of cloth, which were laid out like bodies in a catacomb, in the back room was a curio stocked with more buttons, hundreds of buttons, thousands of buttons. The curio had a dozen drawers and inside a Penelope of buttons of every color and size. Some were smooth as river stones, some smelled smoky, a few were dotted with pearls or diamonds, fake, but not to me. Up front, neighborhood ladies who hailed from the Caribbean haggled, buying cloth for the cataclysm of winter months. The women's voices rang high, my grandfather's sprinkled French, Spanish, and Yiddish with English, and somehow cloth was cut, sewing needles selected, coins parsed. Sales were made on a register that rattled every time a sale was rung. May I have a button, Daddy? My seven-year-old self asked my father, who had come to borrow money and was put to work on this Saturday afternoon. Ask your grandfather, he said. This grandfather, with his bent back, with the white hairs spiraling out of his ears and nose, with the accent, often forgot that his only granddaughter spoke only one language. He growled at me, and my father screamed, English, Pop, English. <laughs> Grandpa looked like he didn't know how this little girl with a bone yellow wooden button cupped in her hand could be related to him. His family only had sons. He was one of five or perhaps six brothers, all of whom stayed behind in Cherkos except for him, all of whom were murdered in the Second World War. By luck, he had two sons in America, no one he knew had girls. So who was this little one? How could she have survived the war that took his mother and all the others? Where did she come from? She had his mother's high cheekbones, her eyes like a doe from the Duke's forest. He glanced about. His store was on a bustling street in Brooklyn, the forest far from here. The girl had as a smell about her like autumn, like apples. Every Jewish New Year, his mother would make apple cakes. 
As the youngest, he'd climb the highest branches and toss down the fruit to his brothers before the duke's men and their dogs caught the scent of the boys and the stolen ripe red apples. His hand trembled over the cash register. What can I offer her to go? Grandpa, can I have this button, I asked. Take, he said, finding his English and dismissing me. Take all the buttons. <laughs> so that's my button story. I got tingles. I know. <laughs> There's so much wrapped up in that, though. You know, you... Ah, you get to get into anyway. History, well, I, family, <laughs> like they're just like I. I love Flash for those reasons, like so much out of so little. Out of so little. <laughs> out of a button. Out of a button. A button. Well, I have forty-seven stories in Carry Her Home. That's that, unbelievable to that, me. They're yes. not all about buttons. <laughs> they're they're about things more like sex um, and <laughs> relationships sex and, and love. Um, Sex is the best subject. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find it anywhere online. Right. The online it's, retailers. It is online. It is at Politics and Prose and other local, wonderful, independent bookstores in the D.C. area. Great. But it's definitely online. And it's called Carry Her Home. Yes. And you can also find more about Caroline on her website at carolinebach.com. Did you know that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February? Stay tuned to hear what Courtney and I won't be achieving this year. Maybe 80% of all New Year's resolutions fail by February, but I also read that 8% of people actually achieve their resolutions. Okay, first of all, where are you getting your statistics from? Where else? (laughs) Okay, the 8% one is from Forbes magazine. Yeah, but like... 8% 8% of people who like write down their resolutions or like I know. just say, how you know, you like how do you, how do you, for, sorry. You know what, just go okay, with it. Okay, okay. Either way, those are some, some of dismal numbers. 95% of all on the spot, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so people are failing, right? It's, so people are failing. It's sad. But you know what I get out of that, okay? Some people do achieve their resolutions and you can strive to be a part of that 8%. Uh, aren't we the one, but the, no. The one percent. The one. No. no. Don't try to be a part of the one percent. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was you know. Like I had to go there. Um. So. Well, good luck with that. I I support you and your endeavor. All right. So resolutions. Okay. Okay. I um have the the big one. Which is. I have three big ones. Right. 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 The mem- the, the memoir. The memoir. Draft. I'm gonna get a draft of the memoir. I have I have forty thousand words. Okay. In the bag. That's I mean, already done, dude. That's that's substantial. That's significant. Significant, even. Um, so the goal is to get forty thousand more. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm not playing around. Wow. But I can achieve that at two hundred words a day, five days a week. You've that's done the it. math. Two hundred words a day, five days a week. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> um, so that's. biggest number one okay okay secondary goal is to obviously get in shape i mean we can't not have exercise okay so these are not all writing resolutions okay good 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 cool cool cool. just me yeah you were like oh shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay okay um you know get back into shape Uh you know get back to my pre-baby weight Mm -hmm. start feeling healthy and normal again yeah um because that also helps you write better and, and do other and you're exactly to like be fit and be yes. walking and exercising and eating healthy james and i are doing outstanding so far this year the first 20 21 days of the year awesome been planning meals cooking chicken i mean it's it's crazy it's better than the federal government it's better than the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> don't burn i can't i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> 
Okay, resolution number three, financial health. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. So my goal is to save, I think... Um, I can't remember what the percentage is, but basically have an emergency fund. Nice. They say you have to. Yeah. I mean, case in point. Case in point. We're talking all about these poor people are not the 30 day paid. shutdown here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious. Anybody outside of DC yeah, who like, doesn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, these people aren't getting paid and they're really struggling. Yeah. And I, for one, want to have like the security of an emergency fund. So I... the year is dedicated to these three very lofty goals for already over here and I think I have an eight percent chance <laughs> well I I am I am your cheerleader I think those are all very attainable and 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 good life choices <laughs> make good choices Courtney. Make a cho- <laughs> this is what Courtney says to her dog instead of no make good choices Rem <laughs> which I I got from my friend who says to her toddler which I get I think we've I think we've talked about this before too but anyway, it's really okay funny. so your my your resolutions I mean you um, have to finish your thesis that must yeah be so I mean I mean that's not really a resolution that's, that's a, like just a, a requirement a <laughs> it's just like a, you gotta do that thing that you said you were gonna do um yeah but um so wow (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna start a phd program presumably ideally that's not really again not really like a resolution so yeah but it's like an accomplishment a goal it's a it's a goal it's a goal um okay so um one of them was kind of a uh, nebulous kind of re- resolution, but to just in general be more aware and present. Mm. Um, because I, as you know, am often doing many things at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I don't get them done or don't do them all well. I don't do them all well all the time, but like, <laughs> um, I've found that I've lost that ability to just be Mm. um which is really important for creative health yeah to be absorbed yeah by the moment or what you're experiencing yeah and it's not even like I'm not like super attached to my phone or anything like that I mean like I'm not great about it but it's not it's not that way that I'm not present but just like not thinking about 20 other things Mm. when I'm doing something and really just so that's a big one for me um and one of the ways that I'm trying to get into it is this 30 day yoga challenge because it's not I'm partially that's like nice to like feel better about your body when you feel better in your body you have more energy you feel better in general like all of those things we know um yeah so that's that's one way I'm doing that um not so much saving, but paying off debts that I have. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm finally getting into a position to do that. And so I'm nice. hoping um, by mid-year that I will have kind of a clean slate student loans aside. <laughs> those <laughs> don't, those don't count. Those are never going away. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> just like till I die. Um, but yeah, so that's a big one. And nice. Yeah, those are like... I love it. The presence is, is kind of the big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I could definitely... Yeah, I could add that to my yeah, cool checklist. But. Nice. And of course, our other resolution <laughs> for the year is to finish something. Me, my memoir. Courtney, her. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a notebook full of pieces of poems. Start pieces, pieces, pieces of, of pieces poems. of poems. <laughs> A, a notebook of beginnings. Maybe I'll call. Maybe I'll call my my chapter. Yeah. Beginnings. Beginnings. Pieces of beginnings. Yeah. Um. And we are gonna finish this episode. That's good. <laughs> Speaking we of wrap things. that up. But before we do that, we're gonna hear one more poem by Mary Donovan entitled "Exercises and Ending." How apropos. Exercises in ending. One, all that remains of that country is the way I view time, like the space between breaths, like a free shadow returning to its object. Two, now my dreams are clearer than you and there is endless sky, mine blue and yours not quite black with city light. We both wait in different color white and black coffee, I learned to say wanting in different languages. When I speak, I speak to a time that was a city, to a city that will never be. You speak of a darkness that is shorter. Three, 
Unname the house where we tangled and caught each other, turning water to ice back to anarchy again. All that is light-filled turns to something hard. Bruising, you left open your hand. Straying, I drank up the colors. That was Mary Donovan reading her poem entitled Exercises in Ending. And speaking of ending, that's our show. Join us next month for our show on love as an inspiration. I love it. <laughs> to find out more about us or submit to read at our next event, please visit us online at www.theinnerlooplet.com. Today's episode was produced by me, Rachel Kuntz. Our theme music is by Andrew Logan, and our technical manager is James Skinner. Thanks again to Nicole Tong and Caroline Bach for being on the show and if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on itunes or any other streaming sites you use podcasts thrive on reviews like yours so if you want to support the inner loop take the time to tell the world why you love us and don't forget to subscribe 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 so you never miss an episode happy writing and happy new year right on litwits <laughs>